this time, uh, Emily and Jacob are going to bring a special. Then after that, uh, we have a trio, Russell, Chuck, and Sam going to bring a special. Cross where 
Children alone. 
leads his dear children alone. Some through the water, some through the blood, some through the fire, but all through the blood. Some through great sorrows, but God gives us souls. In the night season, in the night season, First Samuel chapter 8. First Samuel chapter 8. I want you to go with me. I'm not going to keep you very long. God has orchestrated everything this morning. As I have these graduates sitting here and everybody in this place this morning, we're reminded God's desire of leading His children along. It starts by going to Calvary. I'm glad that he led me to the cross. But I'm glad it didn't stop there. And I'm glad as a 34-year-old man this morning raising three kids, trying to get through this old, dark, struggling world, I'm glad that I have a Heavenly Father in Heaven that's leading me along. And I'm telling you, every time that you have a question in life, when you don't know what to do, graduates, all you got to do is go to your Heavenly Father He's got an answer. He wants to lead you along. He wants to lead you along. In 1 Samuel chapter 8, I'm not going to read all that I was planning on reading. I'm going to read verse 19 and verse 20. God planted the nation of Israel in the land of Israel. He planted them there to be their father, to be their God, to be their king, to be their everything. God had one desire, and that was to lead them along. All he wanted to do with his people is to lead them and to guide them. And he wanted his people to follow him. He wanted his people to love him. He wanted his people to, to live their lives sanctified in order to bring honor and glory to his name. And all God wanted to do was lead them. But they one day decided they wanted to be like every other nation. And they wanted to have a king and they no longer wanted God to be their leader. They no longer wanted God to lead them and guide them. And the reason that they didn't have another king like all the other countries is because God wanted to be their king. And guess what? God still wants to be our king. God still wants to lead His people along. God still wants to guide us through our dark and trying lives. 
And just as the nation of Israel did, they tempted and they tried God and they said, we want to be like everybody else. And Samuel said, listen, if you do that, this is what's going to happen. And I'm telling you, you can turn your back against God and you can try to live a life without Him, but I promise you there'll be consequences. And you're going to have decisions to make and you can decide to go on and leave God behind and live this whole world the way you want to. But you listen to this preacher this morning, there's going to be consequences. And you're going to have to suffer if you're not going to follow the Lord. Samuel went to him, he begged him, he pleaded with him, Oh, make God your king. Let Jesus lead us along. And this was their answer in verse 19. Nevertheless, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel. And they said, Nay, but we will have a king over us. And this is their reason, that we also may be like all the nations, and that our king may judge us and go out before us, and fight our battles. Dear Heavenly Father, bless the reading of your word today. Give me preaching grace. Open the hearts. I pray souls will be saved today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I want to preach to you very briefly on this subject, the desire to be like the world. The desire to be like the world. The nation of Israel is planted here in a land flowing with milk and honey. They're following Jesus every day. God is guiding them. God is uh, leading them along the way. But one day they had a desire, and that was this, to be like all the other countries, to be like every other nation. It blows my mind that every child of God has that spirit within them to want to live for Jesus, to allow the Lord to lead them and guide them. But there is still that part within us that has that natural desire to be like the world. The nation of Israel, God has done everything for them, and you know what they said in return? We want to be like everybody else. We want to be like everybody else. Graduates, there's going to come a day that you're going to have a natural desire to not serve the Lord. You're going to have a natural desire to turn your back against the Lord. You know why? Because you want to be like everybody else. This whole world is running every way. They're, they're doing anything and everything they want to do. They're buying big homes and they're getting good jobs and, and vehicles and sports and this and that. And this whole world is thriving upon sin and upon the things of the world. But God's people, that's not for us. God called us to live a different life. God wants to lead us and guide us. He doesn't want us to look like everybody else. He doesn't want us to act like everybody else. God wants to be our God. And God wants to be our King. And He wants to be our leader. He wants to be our professor and our teacher. He wants to lead us and guide us. The nation of Israel said, we want a King. We want to be like everybody else in the world. And may I tell you, that was the greatest mistake that they ever made. And they never recovered from the fact that they wouldn't make Jesus the king of their nation. And today their struggle is over in the nation of Israel. It's still because they failed to make Jesus king of their life. Now you're going to hear all kinds of uh, things that you need to do because all the important decisions about getting married and, and your job and your occupation, all that's coming up in your life. And I'm telling you, you better use some wisdom because you may have to live by these decisions the rest of your life. 
And you're going to hear, do you need to do this? And you're going to do this? And you need to do this? Well, this preacher is going to give you a little advice. Let Jesus be the king of your life. That's biblical. That's not just this preacher talking. This is God talking. God said, let me lead you. God said, let me guide you. I'll lead you through college. I'll lead you through career. I'll show you the one that I want you to marry. I'll show you the one that I want you to spend the rest of your life with. I'll lead you and I'll guide you. You make him king of your life. You'll never regret it. You'll never regret it. The nation of Israel too, 2,500 years later, is still regretting the day that they wanted an earthly king. Oh, if they just made King Jesus the king of their nation. Child of God, have you made him the king of your life? Have you made him the king of your life, the king of your everything? One of the most troubling statistics that is in the church today reveals that around 70% of youth that is raised in the church leaves the church to go to college only to never return back to the church. That is saying statistically that only two or three of you statistically will continue on in your journey with the church and with the Lord. And that, that means eight of you or six of you, I'm from West Monroe, I'm not good at math, so I don't know. But however many of you, the majority of you, ten years from now will not be serving God, will not be in the church, will not be following the Lord and allowing God to use you. I'm telling you, that troubles this preacher. Churches are doing everything they can to figure out how to break that mold and how to break that statistic because I'm telling you, as a 34-year-old man that grew up in a youth group with 20 or 30 of my youth and my friends, there's two of us today that's serving the Lord. I would say that percentage is higher for the youth group that I was raised in. Friend, there's a problem there because somewhere along the way that individual decided, I want to be like everybody else. And I want to be like the world. And I, I, I don't want to spend my... I work six days a week. I don't want to spend my Sundays in a church house. I deserve a day off. I deserve to be like the world. I deserve to be like everybody else. But let me tell you about that 70-80%. They're not as prosperous, as prosperous as you think they are. That other side is not as pretty as you think it is. I'm telling you, the devil makes the grass look greener. But I promise you, there's consequences. Samuel said you can give your life to the world, but this is what's going to happen to you. And Israel is still struggling today because they gave their heart to the world. I want you to realize today that God's people have a different plan. God chose the nation of Israel. He sanctified the nation of Israel. He wanted the nation of Israel to bring Him honor and glory in the world. If there's ever a nation to tell everybody else that God's real, it's the nation of Israel. That was God's plan for them. You know what, child of God? He has the same plan for you. And His plan for you is to sanctify you and to set you apart from this world, for you to be the light of the world, to be the salt of this world. I'm telling you, this, world, this society needs a little salt. This society needs a little God back in it. I'm telling you, our nation needs Jesus back in her. Amen? And if we're going to do that, we must make Jesus our King. And we must understand that He's got a plan for us. Oh, I remember getting out of high school. Man, I had all kinds of plans. Man, this plan, that plan, and everybody else's plan. And I put Jesus' plan back here. And it took me two years to understand that I could run all I want to. But His plans were greater than my plans. And His plans were better than my plans. 
I'm telling you, He's called you. He saved you. He redeemed you. He forgave you. He cleaned you. You're a child of the King. Give your life to Him. Give your all to Him. Follow Him every day and understand that He has a plan and a purpose for you every day. And your ultimate plan, Miss Taylor, we were reminded of this two weeks ago, that our ultimate plan is to give our all to Him and serve Him and do everything we can to add to His kingdom and to His church. I'm telling you, your greatest purpose in life is following Jesus. And you can chase it all, but there's nothing more fulfilling for a child of God than to follow Jesus. There is nothing more fulfilling in a child of God than following Jesus. I want you to look in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. If you're with me, say amen. amen. I'm trying to get y'all out of here by 12. It's going to be hard today. Man, I'm telling you, I'm trying. But I'm going to be quiet when the Holy Spirit says be quiet. Boy, I got one Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, not only do God's people have a different plan, but they have a different command. I want you to know that we have a command as God's people. He said in verse 14, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? What communion hath light with darkness? What concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye, listen now, ye are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them and I will be their God and they shall be my people. I'm going to stop so y'all can amen right there. Let me read it again. He said, I'll dwell in them and walk in them and will be their God and they shall be my people. Amen. Praise the Lord. And will be... Uh, man, I done got ahead. Verse 17. Wherefore come out from among them, be ye separate, saith the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Now listen, oh man, and will be a father unto you. And ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Oh, I love that. He said, come on out among them. God commanded you to be different. God commanded you to be separate, to don't, hey, be friends with them, know them, love them, but there's some lines in the sand. Let me tell you something. It's not about the white folk, the black folk, and the Korean folk. It's not about the rich and the poor. There's one dividing line. It's the saved and it's the lost. You either know Jesus or you don't know Jesus. And if you know Jesus, by golly, act like you know Jesus. And follow Jesus and walk with Jesus. And then on the other side is the world. And you can either walk in the light or you can walk in the darkness. Now I'm telling you, child of God, we've been commanded to get out of the darkness. Don't act like the world anymore, and you live for Jesus Christ. You talk like you're a child of God. Don't talk like a sailor. Hello? My mercy, if God saved you, talk like he saved you. I'm telling you, I'll never forget one day an old man cursed my God. I, I cringed down inside. He cursed my God. I said, why in the world would you curse a God that's done nothing but love you? Man, if God saved you, talk like he saved you. If God saved you, dress like he saved you. Uh-oh. Huh. Hey, don't dress in a way that would bring honor and glory to you and your body. Dress in a way that would magnify your king. 
I'm telling you, you give your all to Him. Give Him your talk. Give Him your clothes. Give Him your life. Give Him your everything. And I promise you, He'll bless you tenfold. I'll never forget, 13-year-old boy, I gave my heart to Jesus, but a 20-year-old man, I gave my life to Jesus. And August 17, 2004, I fell down, and I said, God, here it is. I, I've got to come out from among them, and I've got to give my life to you. It scared me to death. I'm telling you, I was terrified. But here's the promise he said. He said in verse 17, Wherefore come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. Listen, and I will receive you. He's talking to the child of God. He said, If you'll come out from among them, I'll receive you. Man, I remember bowing down my head in the grass in my parents' yard. And I said, God, I've had this world long enough. I'm sick of it. I've got to live for you. I've got, I've got to give it all to you. But there was that flesh and there was that temptation to hold on to my friends, to hold on to this and hold on to that. It scared me to death standing up and making a stand for Jesus. I thought, man, I'm going to lose everything that I've got. And I did. I lost my girlfriend of two and a half years. I lost every friend that I knew. I lost all of my plans and all of my desires, and I lost every bit of it. But Jesus said, if you'll leave it, I'll receive you. Amen. We think that we're going to walk away from more than what God's going to lead us to. But you hear this, preacher. You'll never regret making a stand for the Lord. You'll never regret giving it up for Jesus. You'll gain more than you'll ever lose. Oh, my girlfriend left me. He brought me the prettiest blonde-headed woman. She was blonde-headed then, so. Sweet, loving. God bless me. Because he said, if you'll come out from among them, I'll receive you. I'll receive you. And I'll be your God and I'll lead you to the one you need to marry. That was scary. I lost every friend that I had. You thought I had AIDS. Man, I surrendered to preach and boom, my friends were gone. God said, I'll receive you. It's all right. You got brothers and sisters. There's a family waiting on you to receive you. And I had a whole family of brothers and sisters in Christ that I had no idea wanted to fellowship with me as much as I thought. They loved me, but they've been waiting on me to come to the Lord. Our Heavenly Father said, if you'll follow me, I'll receive you and I'll lead you to the family and the friends that you need. I'm telling you, I had my plans and I had my purposes. And I said, God, here they are. And he said, okay, I'll receive you. I said, I'm a dumb redneck from West Monroe, Louisiana. I barely know what two plus two is. I definitely can't get up and talk in front of a bunch of folks. Guess what? He sent this redneck to a bunch of rednecks. Amen. I'm telling you, Brother Hayden, God knows how to do it. I'm telling you, I said, I can't go be a fancy preacher. He said, you just follow me and I'll lead you and I'll guide you. And every day of my life, I get up and it's scary. It's terrifying thinking that I'm going to be different than the world. But every day, God said, you leave them and I'll receive you. And I'm going to lift you up and I'm going to walk with you. And I'm going to lead you and I'm going to guide you. And I got three of the most precious kids in all the world. My kids are better than yours. I don't care. I'm preaching this sermon. I love them. I got the prettiest woman in the whole world. I love her. God's been good to this preacher. 
Not because of who this preacher is, but because of who this preacher belongs to. Not because of me, but because of my king. And I'm telling you, if you'll come out from among them, the Heavenly Father will receive you. He'll bless you. You can't outgive Him. You can't outtithe Him. You can't outdo Him. I promise you, if you will leave the world behind, God will bless a hundredfold today. You may be sitting here, God's calling you to preach, men, and your heart's sitting there thumping. Boy, I need to follow the Lord. I need to do what God wants me to do. Oh, man, but I'm, I'm leaving a lot behind. Let me tell you, there's a hundredfold waiting on you. If you would come out from among them, and I promise you, the Father will receive you today. Child of God, you've been out of the will of God for I don't know how long. God's sitting there in your heart, the Holy Spirit saying, it's time to give your life to me. You gave your heart to me 20 years ago, but when are you going to live for me? When are you going to act right? When are you going to talk right? When are you going to dress right? Man, that Holy Spirit's just pounding our hearts. Aren't you glad for that? You know what He's doing? He's leading us. He's guiding us. And He's saying, come on out from among them and I'll bless you. Isn't it good?